Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, what does it take to trust someone? You know, that person obviously needs to be a good person, but what about not being incompetent? We're talking about it up next after the news with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Transportation Security Administration officials say airline passengers will be allowed to carry small folding knives onto their flights as of late April. Other items going to be allowed include pool cues, ski poles, and other large sporting equipment. Students depending on government help to get their undergraduate degrees may be scrambling to fund their educations as budget cuts take hold. $86 million is being slashed from federal work-study and grant programs. A massive winter storm dumped snow on the Midwestern U.S. today, canceling over 1,100 flights and causing numerous traffic accidents. The late winter weather is now headed towards the mid-Atlantic region and is expected to remain strong. The Senate Intelligence Committee has approved John Brennan as the next director of the CIA. Brennan has been serving as President Obama's counterterrorism advisor and had to answer some tough questions about the U.S. drone strike program before his confirmation. Despite the controversy surrounding the drone program, U.S. officials say they had nothing to do with a recent attack in Pakistan that killed al-Qaeda operatives. Pakistani officials have made formal complaints, but there is speculation they actually carried out the strike. In world news, North Korean leaders are threatening to cancel the long-standing ceasefire with the South in the face of Chinese-U.S. collaboration, a new harsh resolutions against North Korea. China has been a longtime ally of the North Korean regime. Following cancer surgery late last year and increasing speculation about his failing health, it has now been revealed Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez has a severe respiratory infection. Doctors describe his condition as delicate. And a fake bishop was able to get past increased security measures in Vatican City and nearly infiltrate talks about who the next pope will be. In the end, it was the man's poor costume that gave him away to authorities. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Sporting a cold in my chest area, coughing up a lung. But I'm doing it for you because I wanted to be here today. And I like to see my team's face every time I cough in this little enclosed thing we call a studio. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today we got a doozy for you, a great show about trust. Now think about it. Think back in your head. Hmm. Where else would you think, by the way? Think in your little head and, and think, who's somebody you trust? You got trust? Do you trust your mom and your dad? Do you trust your neighbors? Do you trust Skyboy sitting across from me, giving me the eye? I trust you. I trust myself, too. Do you trust me? Mm. By the end of the show, we're going to do a little exercise called the trust exercise. Okay. You are going to stand on the table here. And you're going to fall back into my arms. <laughs> Did you see that video on YouTube? <laughs> no. It's the funniest. It's the funniest thing ever. My sister posted it. It's these two little girls, and this one girl's like, "Okay, so you're going to close your eyes and you're going to fold your arms and you're going to fall back and I'm going to catch you." Okay. I guess she didn't say fall back. You're going to fall and I'm going to catch you. And so she goes to stand behind her friend, and her dad's filming, and she, he's like, "Okay, now fall." 
and she didn't know she was supposed to fall backwards, so she falls forward. And she just, <laughs> I mean, she's just as straight as can be and just falls flat on her face because she trusted her sister yeah. to catch yeah. her. And Shit. it is the funniest thing. Well, that sounds painful. <laughs> yeah. So I want to do that with you, where you will fall back and I will catch you. Okay, I'll do that. Did you trust me? You like skydiving. I do like skydiving. It will be a lot like that. <laughs> I have a feeling we both might fall over. It, it will be a lot like the last five seconds of a skydive if your chute didn't open. Okay. <laughs> Let's try it. But I'll be there to watch. I'll be there to try to catch you. I appreciate that, Matt. It's and the I, thought that counts. It really is. Yeah. Unless I'm incompetent and then I was too incompetent to catch you. See, then it's not mm. the thought. It's not that you trust that I have character and that I wanted to help you. At some point, I actually have to do it. Hmm? Wow. That's called a deep thought right there. <laughs> We're doing it. We are going to do the trust activity. I want Jess to be a part of this, too. <laughs> Why me? I don't know. But you just look. You trust me? I do. I, do. I totally do. Good. I'm trustworthy. <laughs> hey, we have some great news, speaking of trust. Two days ago, or two shows ago, I don't even remember when it was. It was Friday, Saturday, Thursday. It was Thursday. <laughs> we don't do a show on Saturday. I actually. Anyway. Somebody was going to get a call. Now, again, Mormons, you've seen them all over there. They ride, We ride our bikes. We go send missionaries all over the country. And Madison Allred was geared up to get a mission call. So, again, these missionaries volunteer 18 months, the women do, two years for the guys. Madison had volunteered to go out and be a missionary for the church. She had no idea where she was going. And she received a call from the president of our church, and she opened the call. Okay. And tell no. us about it. Just leading into this, I do know four languages, so I was expecting... Let's go over those really fast. Okay, so German, English. English. Okay. English. English is probably your weakest. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so uh, English, ASL. That's I've been fluent. American Sign Language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I've been fluent in that since I was nine. Okay. Then German and Romanian. No, here goes Rob's going to say something German. He always does when we get into German. <laughs> Guten Morgen. There you go. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> Okay, and Jessica just did a sign language move. Okay, <laughs> and what was the last one? Romanian. Romanian. Mm-hmm. So you had basically four languages they could have sent you to. Yeah. Could have gone almost anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. and, and you wanted to learn Spanish. Yeah. And what happened? I got called to the Nauvoo ASL mission. Nauvoo, Illinois. Mm-hmm. ASL, American, American Sign, sign language. language. So you're going to basically Illinois, and you're going to speak sign language. Mm-hmm. For so, 18 yeah, months. Um, from what I understand so far at this point, I will be at different sites and at different services translating for mm-hmm. people that need it. And um, then I'll be there during the busy months. So that'll be in the summer. And then throughout the winter, I could be sent anywhere else, wherever they sh- need me. I'm sure you get paid well because you are, you know these languages. <laughs> Paid if only. (laughs) Volunteer service. 18 months going to Illinois. Didn't even know it. And now you're speaking sign language, even though you know how to do that. That's great. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. We'll be thinking about you. And by the way, our show's on the air there as well. So um, good stuff. Now, today we've got a great show where we're going to be talking about trust. Now, I know none of you have trust issues, okay? But the people you live with might think that you do. Because you're not so trustworthy. So today on the show, we're going to get into how you grow a healthier, more trusting relationship. So if you struggle with your partner, your kids, your friends, your coworkers, and uh, trying to create more trust, this is the show for you. So be listening up. 
Uh, and of course, we will be taking your calls during that. We're also going to be going to my Facebook page where we've got a lot of comments from our readers there as well. You can make a comment by just going to Facebook and looking up Matt Townsend, and there we are. Now, let's go to our favorite topic of the moment. I guess the beginning of every show, we like to do the thing we call Human Headlines. Real news that affects real people. This is the Matt Townsend Show, Human Headlines. Human Headlines, the good, the bad, the ugly of the human race. We take them just right off of the news uh, stories, the headlines, and then we just talk human side of it all. And I'm getting Sky's nod, so it's good for us. Uh, who's got the first news story for us today? You're going to leave a prank message on your high school's answering machine. Make sure you articulate it correctly. Oh, boy, what happened? Who would, by the way, ever do that? Uh, you know, high school kid. Okay, that might work. So he uh, was calling back the receptionist to confirm an appointment he had. And he decided to rap one of his favorite songs. And the receptionist thought he said shooting people outside of the school. Oh, boy. So she called the police. And yeah, that's not arrested. Work. Now, this is the song that he modeled his uh, rap after that he was trying to sing and imitate. Okay. See if you can pick up the line in there that he might have slurred a little bit too much. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school. Okay, fresh, out there. fresh, what's it, fresh, fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Shooting some b-ball outside of the school. Oh, my heavens. So if you're leaving your message, you're like, what's Philadelphia, shooting some b-ball outside of the school. Did they not pick up that it was a tune? I mean, nobody would usually rap in their gun threat. She must not have been a big NBC fan 20 years ago. <laughs> no. Poor receptionist. So, you know, and Will Smith. I mean, come on. That's a great tune. In fact, it's interesting. Did you see Skyboy mouthing all the words? Yep. Did you know that? I didn't know you had that in you. I know all those words. Why? Is that your only rap you know? I know, I know some raps. Do you? I know a few raps. Dude. <laughs> um, no, I actually really like that song. You, have, you like were bobbing your head, too, like you knew what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, actually, one time I was at this concert. This is my cool story yeah. about this song. And uh, I was in, like, it was like a concert with, like, a big mosh pit or whatever, and mm-hmm. we're all up front. And there, one we of were those kinds. One of those kinds. We were waiting for, like, the next band to come on, and you get bored just standing there. So I started singing that song, and I got, like, the entire crowd singing that really? song and everyone everyone was singing did they Fresh lift Prince you up and put and carry you around yeah they the like were throwing me up in the air then they did put they? me on stage and no that didn't happen oh my heaven was your cape flowing in the wind <laughs> yeah it was awesome that is cool it is well, cool why don't we know this of you i don't know you, know, you never you never ask matt you never ask. well from now on i'm gonna ask have you got a rap song for that okay <laughs> okay so just hang on because we're gonna have another news story and then i'm gonna probably come back man skyboy you got a rap song for that we'll see okay let's see how that goes Madison. All right. Do it and so. do this one in ASL. Do this one in American Sign Language. <laughs> I'm sure that our audience will really appreciate that. <laughs> it doesn't make great radio, but that's why we need a bl- uh, podcast or a uh, simulcast. Yeah. So um, there was a man, and his name is Ralph Nipirsky, and he went to the Vatican City, and he dressed like a cardinal. Mm-hmm. He got like this uh, black robe he got like the stitching in the front he was wearing his crucifix he was and then, faking it oh was wait. he faking yeah he was faking it and all that he but the thing that gave him away was that his crucifix was a little too high 
And upon closer inspection, like his waistband was just a scarf. And so they what were was he like, trying to do? Mm. Like get in on the conclave? Yeah, he was trying to get in there. But I mean, when you really, when you like, yes, this guy, he just had told people that he belonged to an Italian Orthodox church, which you're like, eh, there's not an Italian yeah. Orthodox church. So. Isn't there the potential that any cardinal in that conclave could potentially become the new? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if he'd got voted as the next pope? Well, <laughs> had gotten that far, he'd probably have a higher chance of just getting booted out. Because wouldn't they all be like, "Who's that guy over there? Oh, he's the new guy." Well, so you got to start the water cooler buzz once you're in there. You know? <laughs> Look at the new guy. Yeah, but I've heard he's. I've heard he he's couldn't really even good. get his sash right. Very, uh, very papal. That's he very like papal. he built up quite a backstory. Like he said that his name was Basilius, and oh, that uh, that's he, a silly name. I know. And then uh, he had a website that was that he created. It was it told that he was bishop of Corpus Dei, a fictional Catholic group, and had like a fake coat of arms, fake oh, bis- bishop, fake motto. Does he have like a radio show? What's he trying to do? Here? <laughs> I What's don't know. he publicizing? I know it's so funny. Apparently, he went so in depth that he established credentials all the way back to an 18th century patriarch of Babylon. Oh my heavens! Isn't the Vatican a country? It's like its own state, micro state. state. Well, so good. He's done. He's now a ward of the state. They've arrested him. He's not getting out. Busted. Is that how that works? Well, I wouldn't mess with it. Vatican City know. Police. They just run you out they of the city and kick you out. They said they were the Swiss out? Guards, so yeah, maybe Swiss Switzerland guards. is led in there because you know they're a neutral party. That's or is it more like uh, you're asked to leave the property? You know? yeah. I don't know. That's Any, pretty gutsy. Anytime you disbehave. Uh, all I'm just disbehave. saying is, why? Yeah, what is your deal? Why? I mean, he just was like, hey, I just I, mean, I just really want to go and sit on this meeting. But with the conclave, is a, it's a spiritual thing. It's a big deal. I mean, this is the, this is the leader for the Catholic world, like 1.2 billion Catholics, aren't they, mm-hmm. in the world? So it's a big deal. Don't mess with that. Okay, yeah. that would be an example, I guess, of the ugly. Yeah, but that is a trust That thing. is a total trust issue. See, yeah. so do you just trust somebody because they look the part? Hmm. Mm-hmm. How many a marriage started that way? <laughs> Skyboy, do you happen to have a rap for us? I'm sure there's a lot of raps about... You want to just rip one out right now? <laughs> I'm not going to rap on the radio. <laughs> you just said I don't give you a chance, and I just gave you a chance. I said you never ask about my life and my talents. <laughs> I'm a very good rapper. <sighs> It's so easy. Just take the existing rap and start with in Vatican City, where I was born and raised. <laughs> On the playground is where I spent most of my days. You only change Vatican. Good stuff. <laughs> that, would, that would change the story a little bit. That's the sign of a really good rapper. You only have to change one word or two. What do you got for us, Jess? You got okay. a story? Carrying on with trust. This isn't going to be a study, is it? It's always a study. Good. I love studies. We got to learn about the world around us. Yes. Okay. So, News. They are the people that get us outside of our These, street. Like the media, you mean? Yeah. The news yeah. reporters. Without them, we wouldn't know anything around us, well, right? Well, hello, MTV. I mean, not MTV. Besides uh, it really society or Yeah, well, and Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. That's good. Is that media? The internet. The, inter- the interweb. it's all kind of connected on, like, you have to... Trust the media. It's trust the media. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, unfortunately we for me... Only six out of every 100 people trust, say that they're very Six percent of the people trust the media. Right. And this is where you're going to go get a job? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to change have, the world. That's what I'm going to do. You're going to change the world. <laughs> Though maybe six percent. 
Yeah. Maybe you ought to just get a job with the mafia because more people would trust the mafia <laughs> than the media, I think, at that rate. Maybe. Got to admit, they get the job done. <laughs> they do their 6%. job well. So what, where, where did you hear this? Um, so it's investors.com. It's a study by the Rasmussen Report. Wow. It's interesting because they go into, they go into depth on who trusts the media more. Yeah, who does? And uh, women trust the media really? more. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, younger people. They say that the media needs to turn it around. They need to do a poll to ask, well, do you trust the Rasmussen report? (laughs) No, by the way, I'm sure (laughs) that's been done. Which is is one that has been done, I know. Because the media is reporting on the media that they're not. So women, younger younger people and women tend to trust the media more, which both you fit both those characteristics. (laughs) Maybe that's why I'm going into the media. You're going into the media. Does yeah. that scare you that people don't trust media and that's your job? I'm just like challenge accepted. I will. You're like, I'll take that on. I can. I can do my job. <laughs> I mean, I went into the media 20 years ago. Look where it got me. Yeah, I'm gonna be you in a few years. <sighs> Better watch out. Skyboy, do you have a rap for us? Just something about the media. I'm not gonna rap on air. <laughs> Give you another chance. <laughs> Don't say I didn't give you a chance. You know, just replace it with Rasmussen Report and then Rasmussen. In West Rasmussen Port, born and raised. <laughs> <laughs> On the playground is where I spent most of my days. We take it back. <laughs> so uh, trust. Do you guys ever think of trust, though? I mean, like, so we trust the media, the bishop sneaking in to the Vatican City thing. I mean, is what's the big deal? Do you guys, do you sense trust is a big deal in your relationships? Yes. Well, of course. That's what they're built on, isn't it? I don't know. Is it? I look at Skyboy. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> Skyboy's is built on magnetism because he's got this magnetic personality. What relationship was that, Skyboy? That's with his mother <laughs> and his grandmother. Both okay, who have called just, in on the show. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> but we appreciate it. And there's a high trust relationship there. I trust both my mom and my grandma. Yeah. They said they almost trust you, too. We're getting there. It's good. Yeah. Once you get that wrist, that, that anklet bracelet off, you'll be fully trusted again. Well, after probation. Yeah, 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 all the other stuff. It's very complicated. So today on the show, we're talking trust. So think of it out there, listeners. Do you have a relationship where trust has maybe been violated? Do you have? Do you need some help with that? We are taking your calls. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. We'd love to get you on the air. Talk to you about your relationships. You can also go to our Facebook page, look up Matt Townsend, and we will post your. You can post your comments and questions there. We'll read those as well. Anybody that gets on the show to talk to us about trust in your relationship, we'll give you a copy of my book, Feeding the Seven Basic Needs. And here's the question: one of the big questions is it enough to just have trust the character of your partner? But is there something else you have to trust? Is it enough to just think they're honest and decent and great, but does anything else make up trustworthiness? That's what we're talking about on the show. When we come back right after this, give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I spy with my computer-tracked eyes how this technology will change lives for everyone. This is Innovation Now. Bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Touchscreens were a breakthrough in computer interactivity, but we've seen the next step, and it's seen us too. They call it gaze interaction, which is a fancy name for tracking your eyes to determine what you're looking at and letting the direction and intensity of that gazing drive a computer mouse. 
The camera is built into the computer display or in an attachment you add to the screen. Using algorithms that track the very fleeting movements of your eyes and timing how long you look as well as how wide your eyes get, the gaze tracker does a credible job of going where you think you want it to go. Many users claim it's such an intuitive way to drive a computer, it feels a lot like telepathy. One company uses a modified arcade game of asteroids to promote gaze control. Everything on the screen is eye-driven and surprisingly controllable. Applications for cars are in development to let you activate controls without taking your eye off the road and to warn that you might be dozing off at the wheel. That trick alone could save 250,000 drivers a year in America. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Here at BYU Radio, we want to create shows that connect with you. So if you're listening to one of our talk shows and hear something that resonates, call us. We want to hear your questions, opinions, and stories. Our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. We would love to hear from you. Again, our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. Call in and share. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, joined with the uh, incredible group of people I affectionately call my peeps, my confidants, whom I trust entirely. I wouldn't do that. That doesn't seem wise. Right then when I said that, I said, I don't know about Bryce, though. He's a tough guy. You never know what I'm up to. Bryce, you're a good man. Eh, You only work with me. so That's that's true. Good point. You... Which is part of the problem with trust. I don't know you fully. You don't. You... If you and I spent a year in the summer, I mean, in the um, desert, just trying to survive, then I'd be able to know if I could. I would eat you. you. So, really, I would. I hey. You know, by the way, survival is paramount. Pretty sure you won't like it because uh, I've been with me my whole life, and I wouldn't eat me. Okay. Well, I survival. That's what it comes down to. All right. It I'll, comes I'll down deal with survival. It. I'll deal with it. So here's the deal. So I went to my – I have a family member that needs surgery. And one of the reasons trust came up is because – so you're about to get surgery, right? So how do you choose your surgeon? That's – that's yeah. Right? She was at the hospital. And so they're going to bring you their list. Here's our people. We really like them. They make us a lot of money. Do you just go with that surgeon – or how do you choose a surgeon? Sounds like there's conflict of interest on a few levels. There might be totally, right? So do I just trust them because they're automatically employed with this hospital? Or should I trust them because they have a degree? Which I'm about to get a degree. Uh, please don't trust anyone just based on a degree. Just That's a very good Except point. when you're hiring me. That's all you need. Yeah. Nothing else. Then just Experience, blanket, whatever. Yeah, just yeah, have a blanket <laughs> trust of you. So am I supposed to trust you because of your degree? Am I supposed to trust you because of the school you went to? So one of the things I've noticed about doctors is they have to go to school so long. That's a big deal. But then, you know, certain doctors seemingly know more than other doctors, right? So if I'm going to have surgery, you can be a general practitioner or the emergency room physician, but I really need the surgeon because the surgeon obviously knows more than you do about what we're going to do to my hip, for example. Exactly. You with me? I'm with you. So do I trust them more than the other doctors? Um, well, okay. 
as far as you know their competency that's uh, that's hard to judge see now we're getting but what if i know they're all nice people uh, yeah niceness doesn't give me a new hip whoa write that on a facebook quote i wouldn't that was <laughs> well, say that again I said niceness won't get me a new hip and prevent me from dying along the way so this is the point of the entire show right the point of the entire show is to trust somebody it's not enough that they're just honest, right? They also have to have some competency, duh. The doctor has to have a degree. You can't just have a podiatrist putting a hip in you. Yeah, that'd be weird. The hip will look like a foot, <laughs> right? And I already have two feet. I do not need another one. So when a couple has a breakdown in your relationship and you don't feel like you trust each other, is it a character issue because they were dishonest, something like that, a break of character? Or is it a competency issue, like they just don't know how to do this conversation with you, for example? I have couples that don't trust that they can have a conversation, and they can't, but they're both very honest, decent people. But they both freak out the minute we having a con- we're having a big conversation. So to trust somebody, we need both, don't we? Doctors, do you have to, oh, by the way, do you need an honest doctor? Or do you just need one that was top of their school at, you know, Johns Hopkins? I don't know. What's he going to be dishonest about? Do you need the surgery? Well, I guess he could. Well, yeah. hmm. So if you had to choose, would you rather have an honest surgeon top of his class? So you don't even actually know if you need the uh, You don't even know. No. Honest surgeon bottom of his class. Uh, lying surgeon top of his class. See, that's catch 22 right there. Mm-hmm. See, we're creating a dichotomy here. We are. An either or experience. What do you do? Would you rather have an honest husband... Totally honest, highly incompetent. Couldn't solve a problem with you to save his life, which a lot of people might say is most husbands I'm hearing from the peanut gallery. Or would you rather have a really competent, schmoozing, great communicator who never tells the truth? We sometimes call them a used car salesman. In a relationship, like a used yeah, car salesman. Like, be married to the used car salesman. Metaphorically. The one that can just, you know, smooth talk you into anything, but you don't trust what he's telling you. Um, yeah, I don't know. One sounds frustrating. One sounds... Um, mm-hmm. Also frustrating. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, okay. One sounds like it is just everything is awful. Yeah. And then the other one sounds like everything's made awful on purpose. Interesting. That's what we call trust. So most of the time I see a couple break down and have a relationship issue around trust, it's usually one of those two dynamics. Either a character issue, like they're breaking character. They're not – their partner's not honest. There's something dishonest. They're hiding stuff. They don't have the integrity, the decency, the loyalty to make something work. Or they're incompetent. And most couples I know honestly aren't very good at being competent at being a couple because where do you learn that? Trial and error. Yeah. And so, but then if we don't have the integrity to do it or the, if we just have learned patterns from our parents that aren't really competent about conflict resolution and stuff, then we just fight. You know what I mean? So on the show today, I wanted to get into those two dynamics, character or competency, which is the key. And we've got some great examples and ideas. And then we want your calls. Do you and your partner have issues with uh, a lack of competency in your marriage? Meaning... And is it impacting trust? Meaning, does your partner just not know how to do something? Like, just does not know how to love you your way. They want to. They're nice. They're, they will never cheat on you. They'll never leave you. But they also will never actually meet your need when you need it. Because they don't even notice that you have needs. 
Would that eventually frustrate you? And if so, I want to hear from you. One eight five five chat BYU. Have you seen that in your marriage? Have you seen a situation where your partner's lack of competency at being a partner negatively impact your marriage? I want to hear from you. One eight five five chat BYU. One eight five five chat BYU. Give us a call, and we are going to help you build trust and trustworthiness in your relationships. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM one forty three BYU Radio. What do you want to know? Kim Power Stilson has a whole list of things she wants to learn about. On her show, Talkworthy, she invites you to join her as she interviews expert guests, learning new things along the way. It doesn't matter if the subject is a serious thought provoker or just plain fun. If it's Talkworthy, Kim will cover it. Talkworthy airs Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Breaking news from Venezuela. After 14 years as president and a two-year battle with cancer, cancer, excuse me, President Hugo Chavez is dead at 58. With his passing, Venezuela could be thrown into political turmoil. North Korean leaders are threatening to cancel the long-standing ceasefire with South Korea in the face of a Chinese-U.S. collaboration on new harsh resolutions against North Korea. China has been a longtime ally of the North Korean regime. Here in the U.S., after tearing through the Midwest, a deadly winter storm is now headed for the Mid-Atlantic. Experts say the storm's high winds and heavy snowfall could easily knock out power in parts of Virginia and Maryland. The Senate Intelligence Committee has approved John Brennan as the next director of the CIA. Brennan has been serving as the president's counterterrorism advisor and had to answer some tough questions about the U.S. drone strike program before his confirmation. Despite the controversy surrounding the drone program, U.S. officials say they had nothing to do with a recent attack in Pakistan that killed al-Qaeda operatives. Pakistani officials have made formal complaints, but there is some speculation they actually carried out the strike. The Pentagon's chief over the F-35 stealth plane program says despite recent setbacks, there is progress for the warplane. However, mounting costs are still keeping affordability the main focus for many lawmakers. Transportation Security Administration officials say airline passengers will be allowed to carry small folding knives onto their flights as of late April. Other items also going to be allowed include pool cues, ski poles, and other larger sporting equipment. And in financial news, the Dow has broken its previous high record, rallying early today above 4,200 points, meaning the market has finally regained all the lost ground from the 2007 collapse. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back. A little Billy Joel for you. Matter of trust. You got to love Billy Joel. You got to trust Billy Joel. Yeah. That guy, he's the piano man. Really, for real. Do you have a rap, a little Billy Joel rap for us, Skyboy? I don't think Billy Joel rapped. No, but you just you just break out a rap of, you know, take one of his songs, Piano Man. I, I told you that I know some raps. 
But that doesn't mean that like I'm I rap like freestyle. So you'd probably feel more comfortable if I didn't keep bringing it. And up. I and I really don't <laughs> rap. I was kind of being a little sarcastic. Oh really? Because yeah. you, you had rap written all over you. <laughs> <laughs> you looked good though. You really did. So on the show we're talking trust. How do you build trust? You know, the the ideal, I guess, is that we never have to build it up, that it just always stays where it is. You know, kind of like, I don't know, our face and our body, that it would just stay where it's supposed to be. But over time, it kind of starts to drip and sag a little bit. And <laughs> when, get wrinkly, dries out. Yeah, it starts to dry out. And then, you you know, you need a little tuck, you think, to bring it all back up. Trust is the same way. When we all get married, of course we trust each other. I mean, hello, would I ever do anything to hurt you? Probably not in the first year of marriage, no. but once you get used to each other and then you're like, eh, I can get away with whatever I want. Then, then we start breaking the trust. So we've got to figure out a way to seal it up, build it back up, you know, do a little tuck, a little nip here, lift it up. And uh, it's like a, it's a trust lift. And we're going to show you how to do it today on the show or at least give you some tools for it. We'd love to hear from you. But before we do, um, let's, let's listen to Bryce. Now, again, Bryce, does he, he's always so profound and wise about life. Well, you should just wait till you hear this. Okay, oh. so let's, he might be. Careful. He's allegedly Careful. profound and wise in life. But when it comes to trusting roommates, Bryce has some thoughts that he would just love to share with us. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. The college roommate situation is an oddity. Think about it. How often do you move in with a complete stranger? And in this case, not just a stranger. How about strangers? I've done it thrice, and I'm nervous every time. There's that real estate term, sight unseen. Well, sometimes you have the roommate unseen rule. And just like with an apartment, if you change your mind once you see the roommate, that's just too bad. The die is cast. You're hosed. A roommate relationship is simple. We're poor. We can't afford our own place. So we all decide to live together to bring down the cost of residence. Our major sacrifices are privacy and ownership, but it all works. I doubt any of us will live as cheap as we did during our roommate years. Then again, when you think about it, there's a higher level of trust beyond just bringing down costs. For the most part, you have unregulated access to each other's stuff, and yet we don't mess with it. And if you're in the roommate stage of life, chances are all of your worldly possessions are contained in that one room. Every single valuable or valueless one. Now this is all to set up for a story. A few residences ago, I had moved in with five complete strangers, and things were going really well. In a college town, it's pretty normal to get mail that belongs to no one. College kids move a lot, and we can't take the time to notify every junk mailer that our address has changed. We noticed we kept getting mail for a previous tenant. We usually throw it all away, but but we got mail so often, we started getting curious about one of them. Let's call this guy Jack Jackson. One day, we got mail from a collection agency, and my roommate, let's call him Sean, decided to commit a felony and open Jack Jackson's mail. There was a lot of pressure. We all wanted him to do it. Turns out this guy had over $30,000 in debt. And this wasn't just student loans. This was from credit cards and things like that. Consumer debt. To be honest, we were kind of impressed. Things got even more interesting when we got a knock at our door at 8 in the morning. Only three of us were awake, and I had just gotten out of the shower. I volunteered to answer the door only wearing a towel because, you know, it'd be funny. Turns out it was the collection agency with a police officer, handcuffs in hand, ready to snag Jack Jackson. Boy, did I feel sheepish. So this mystery of Jack Jackson became almost too much to bear. We started asking around the complex about this guy, and no None of us were able to get a consistent answer. He traveled for work. He was on disability. He was a manager for a store at the mall. He was a student. And things just got more convoluted as we dug deeper. We eventually became satisfied that we were never going to get to the bottom of this. A few months later, we were all getting ready to move out in a few weeks. Then this guy shows up at our door with all his stuff and he says, Hey, I'm moving in. It was a little strange because this place didn't rent month to month. 
you buy for entire semesters, so moving in the middle of a semester, especially right at the end, was pretty irregular. And then our jaws hit the floor as he introduced himself as Jack Jackson. It couldn't be, right? The name was so fake, this can't just be a coincidence. But who racks up that much debt, avoids collection agencies, and then moves back into an old residence? Worst criminal ever. We all connected the dots, and then my other roommate said the worst possible thing. Let's call him Bill. He said, Guys, we better lock our room doors. Who knows what this guy's up to? Maybe that was a little paranoid of Bill, but that's not totally unfounded. In that moment, the sacred trust between roommates was shattered. We all started hiding valuables, locking doors, keeping track of the plastic in our wallets, looking over our shoulders. We couldn't wait to move out. None of us know what's happened to the legend of Jack Jackson. He's probably still out there, bouncing from residence to residence, running from his five-figure debt. The world may never know how his story ends, but that doesn't really affect me. What did affect me was the complete change that happens when a relationship loses trust. It puts pressure on everything else, and it turns safe places into stressful ones. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Wow, again. I'll give you a double wow. That was great. Thanks for both of those wows. That was profound. So you never heard what happened to old Jack? Uh, No, moved out, didn't care. I heard he ran for Congress. Is that not surprising? Not surprising at all. But uh, it's interesting. You hit on the point, right? So when all of a sudden, by the way, you don't even know why he had all that debt. No. Maybe he was helping take care of his mother who was severely injured in an accident. Well, I don't think you can pay that with a visa or an American You could sure try. But the interesting thing is it doesn't matter if you knew, did it? Because it's kind of shady. It was weird. There then, was other stuff that and there I didn't was a, well, talk about. Yeah. But. There was the drive-bys and the, <laughs> all the other problems. But the thing about trust, it's, so, it's also spread like a fire, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, all of us. Everyone who lived there. Did you like make sure that you were like counting your cereal so that no one was skimming off the top? It would, it would, there was stuff like that. Like when you would leave your room. Uh, I did this. I know two of my other roommates did this. You'd kind of leave things in a certain way. Yeah, and then come back and be like, okay, it's all there. It checks out. It's, it's all, all every you know my the fold and my where I made my bed. It's all checked, which is totally paranoid. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't care. It's my stuff. It's my it's my life. Well, maybe he did come in though. Get in your bed, stay there for ten minutes, and then get out of your bed and make it exactly as you had. Well, then high five to him because that was that's pretty. <laughs> it's like Goldilocks. Yeah, if you can get it's away exactly with it, like I guess Goldilocks. no. But the trust is huge, and um, so we take that to a marriage. And all of a sudden, you know, your wife just starts noticing things on your credit card bills or your receipts. People start knocking at the door. <laughs> at the inconvenient police. hours. That was at 8 o'clock on a Saturday. I did not mention the Saturday part. That is weird. That was really weird. But you were up that early. I was that's, up that's that impressive. early. That's impressive. Well, he was actually showered. Yeah. Or shower. I mean, that's way impressive. You don't know if I had just, you know, gone yeah. to, or if I was going to sleep after that. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. Yeah. It's he just got back. <laughs> he was just getting in. Well, it's interesting. And this whole idea, I think, about trust. And so, again, the reason we're doing the show is it spreads like a wildfire once the trust starts to drop. And I think Jack Johnson's a great example. Uh, you mean Jack Jackson. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was an alliteration. Yeah. Jack Jackson. It's, yeah. it's a fake name. Yeah. You don't want Yeah. You got to get it straight. Jack Jackson. Yeah, totally. Uh, Jack Jackson uh, is the perfect example of maybe a little character flaw. Now, highly competent. Oh, very. I mean, he's, that guy's moving a lot of Very. Credit. He had a silver tongue, if I've ever seen one. Has, does, so he's competent, but we don't trust him. Mm-mm. Not going to trust him. So it's interesting. If you go to our Facebook page, um, the comments we're getting from our fans on Facebook, 
most of the comments and issues about trusting their partner tend to be issues that deal with character. So I believe most of us uh, end up struggling more, thinking that, or believing more, that if we can't trust our partner, it's obviously a character issue, right? Here's an example. Terry, for example, from my Facebook page says, you can trust when um, you tell someone to do something and they keep their word and they always follow through. Ginger said, one way to build trust is to be consistently honest. As Dr. Phil has said, the best predictor of the future behavior is past behavior. Right, Skyboy? Why were you shaking your head on Dr. Phil? Uh, Bryce wasn't. I was just kind of mirroring. He was, you're putting this on me. You're putting this evil on me. Thanks, okay. Skyler. There's a Thank perfect you. example of a lack of care. Um, he's, he's, as far as I know, he's not like a real doctor doctor, like you're a doctor doctor. Well, what kind of doctor is he? I don't know. He's a TV doctor. Well, TV doctor. I don't know. I don't trust Matt's Dr. a Phil. TV doctor, too. He's on Dr. TV. Phil has questionable uh, science. Yeah. Well, you know Matt what? Matt has perfect science. Well, and I also have some great hair. Oh, there it is. Which Gauntlet makes a throne. huge Matt, difference. Matt, I have a question along yes, those lines. Yes, help me. So <laughs> if, we're, if we're talking about past behavior, is someone – so we're talking good past behavior uh, means – Well, or bad. I mean, then you could know not to trust them. And so that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. If someone has bad past behavior, yeah. does that condemn them? Shouldn't, huh? It sh- well, should I mean, it, it should. So maybe you could just beware, buyer beware. Caveat and sight unseen or sight uh-huh. totally seen. So, but here's and that's what I, we, I really want to get into in the show is is there a way to rebuild the trust? Because if somebody's blown it, I, an example. I have a client that whose husband made a mistake twenty years ago, did something stupid twenty years ago, um, and it really kind of hurt this this woman's daughter emotionally. Okay, the do- it was a blended family. I'm trying not to give any- very much detail. And lo and behold, for 20 years, the girl lived there w- with the family. And- but now, and the parents took care of them. This stepfather took care of her, did all of this stuff. Seemingly went really well for a long time. And now, when the parents no longer have money, for example, this is their story, to give to this girl, this woman will no longer have anything to do with her stepfather. Because he's now bad. Because he did something bad years ago, 20 years ago. But she can't forgive it. So regardless of, you know, ignoring the 20 years of, yeah. as far as we know, good enough behavior. It kind of pretty well. And it was great. And then I guess she's just finally done. Is she right? Uh, I don't know. Well, she was right that what went wrong went wrong. And yeah. He did something wrong. And he's kind of – he's taken care of it and he's apologized. And But what she basically uh, has said is you're never coming around. I'm never coming around. I never want to see you again. And she's basically told her mother that if the mother won't leave her husband, who she's been married to for 20 years, then – or tw- actually more than that, probably 25 years, then they're done. She won't see her grandkids ever again. Definitely trust. You hear a trust issue in there? I, yeah. Character issue in there? Competence? And here's one of the problems. Trust is something that I have to interpret. I have to decide if I can trust you and your past behavior. And if I don't think I can trust your past behavior, then I don't need to deal with you today and I won't deal with you. So I'm done with you. I'm done with you. Sky, don't look at me that way. What are you doing? You're getting antsy. I'm just looking at you. I'm, okay. You're listening to as you speak. Well, it's weird because you don't usually do that. But um, <laughs> I don't know what you This trust thing, let me give you another one. Listen to this one. Uh, Melanie says, it seems strange to me to do something so that others feel they can trust me or can trust me. If I am trustworthy, others sense it and trust it. 
If I had to choose something, I suppose it would be to truly care about others and show them that you care uh, through the way you look at them, talk to them, listen to them, and act toward them. So she doesn't believe you can necessarily – you should have to do it. It's kind of more of a feeling. I don't know. So that's where we get a little dangerous because – Feelings are not – you cannot trust all your feelings, okay? Some feelings are are fine, right? Like my feeling says have another hamburger. Like that is a bad. Do not trust that feeling. That's a bad feeling. It's a, that feeling says I will be happy after this hamburger. What it doesn't say is you will be happy for ten minutes and you will regret this See, for the next week. But this gets into our big issue, okay? And this is what we're going to have to deal with. If it's not the character side, how do we grow trust? Okay. So uh, one of the keys, and we'll come back to this at the uh, you know in a couple of blocks. We're going to come back and talk about how you actually rebuild it. One key to be thinking about: if you have a trust issue breaking down in your marriage. By the way, or with your kids or with a child you have that does drugs that's really frustrating your family, then know that one issue might be the character. They may actually not have the character to create a consistent enough pattern. They may not know how to do it. I know people with ADD that couldn't live in a way that everyone else can trust them because they're kind of erratic. Okay? So they may not have the ability to do it. So sometimes our trust issues are ability issues. Sometimes they're will issues. Where there's a will, I usually have found there's a way to rebuild trust. Sometimes, though, if they lack the competency, which is what we're going to do, we're going to take a break and come back next uh, next segment. We're going to talk about the competency of character. How do you grow competency and be a better partner and be a competent person in a relationship? Again, it's not enough to just be honest. You have to also have the skills, the tools to actually foster trust, build trust. We'd love to hear calls from you. one 855 chat byu one eight five five. Do you have a situation in your family where we have a character issue that's destroying your trust, or do you have a competency issue in your marriage? We, if we get your call, we'll give you a copy of our book, Starve Stuff: Feeding the Seven Basic Needs. We'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM one forty three BYU Radio. It looks like a sci-fi movie special effect, but it seems to burn away leukemia while leaving healthy cells intact. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. If you pass by a novelty store, you'll probably see a strange kind of purplish globe or light bulb that has what looks like weaving tendrils of lightning dancing inside of it. You're looking at a toy gizmo called a plasma globe. But that toy has a cousin that's a bit more serious. It went to med school. And what it learned was it might be very effective at killing leukemia cells without hurting the rest of a body. Leukemia is a cancer of blood-producing tissue. It's a serious killer of children, and to fight it is possible, but it takes therapies like chemotherapy, radiation treatment, even bone marrow transplants. That's tough on a kid. But now imagine, instead of those methods, just shining a beam of what looks like purple lightning at the cancer without the patient feeling a thing. Researchers at Old Dominion University in Virginia have shown that a beam of cold plasma somehow triggers leukemia cells to self-destruct, but the beam seems harmless against nearby normal cells. Cold plasma beams can also disinfect wounds and may someday treat Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Parenting has never been an easy task. And in today's world, it can be harder than ever. That's why Richard and Linda Iyer are dedicating their lives to educating parents 
and strengthening families around the world. Find out what Richard and Linda can do for your family Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on their show, Eyes on the Road, here on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Talk about good. Beyonce. You know, I hear she sings for the president. The inauguration. Uh, oh, that's yeah. right. She lip syncs a little bit, I guess. Uh, trust. Trust in me. Is that what that's called? Yes. Um, we're talking trust on the show today, and it's a big deal. So think of these little kids. One of my favorite uh, Facebook pictures came out recently that has a little boy. Have I talked about this? With glitter on his face. Like, not glitter, but sparkles that you put on your little cupcakes. And sprinkles. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Bryce. Bacon sprinkles um, from Bryce. <laughs> Bacon but bits. These, this cute little kid comes into his mom. It's a video. And he's got sprinkles all over his face. And the mom is like, have you been in the sprinkles? And he's like, no, I haven't. And she's like, no, don't lie to mommy. You need to tell the truth to mommy. Because mommies know these things. Have you been in the sprinkles? He's got sprinkles all over his face. No. No. So, is this kid a liar? By definition, yeah. He's a lion sack of wheat. But then it brings in the competency, you know, the child. Right. How competent can a little three-year-old be? Yeah. Very competent. <laughs> Very Smart competent. enough to know how to get in the sprinkles. Smart enough to know to say yeah, no. Yeah. Yes. Now, yes. And by the way, but is he saying no because this is like his – he understands his choice and his agency or is he just kind of an incompetent liar? He feels embarrassed so he's trying to cover it up. Okay. So interesting. Trust? Do you trust that kid? Never. No, because based on what we've heard, he has a past of not telling the truth. So yes. can't. At least, I mean, the basis with what we've established here is at least 20 years. He'll take and um, 20 and years. he'll use up all your sprinkles. Yeah. Okay, I got to step in here. I'm trying not to. Oh, but I gosh. think I'm the only one in here besides you who has children. Yes. And yeah. I know your children are totally trustworthy. You have to trust that kid. Why? You have to learn how to trust him again. No, but— Because that's what builds a strong relationship with your but kid. But he's, a, he's, a, he's a, a sprinkle stealer. He is a sprinkle stealer. But really, aren't we all— Yes. I've seen sprinkles all over your face. Those aren't sprinkles. <laughs> Those are just my muffins from But you the have morning. to find a way to trust that kid again. So how do you do it? That's, that's why you're the doctor. Somebody told me you give him a rope long enough. Should we give him another one? Oh, okay. What we're going to do is I'm going to see if he's trustworthy. I'm going to just put out some sprinkles, kind of like a little trap, a little bait, and I'll, have a, I'll, I'll get a bear trap. And put the sprinkles right there. And then I'll say, hey, don't eat those sprinkles. That's, why that's I have, what parents do emotionally. That's right? why I have five bear traps in my house. Do you? But you have to teach him the principle. Yep. So here's the principle. What's the principle then to start building trust? You guys know it. You live this every day of your life. How do you trust somebody that's kind of violated the trust? Now, a little kid like that, I would just measure his competency. He's not as competent. So his lie is more of a reaction than an intention. He's not probably clued in to what he's doing. 
Skybo, you kind of have a twitch like you're going to... Well, you asked the question. Yeah. I said, I, What's think, your answer? I think that the key is forgiveness. So like, you have to learn to forgive. Now, do, okay, I totally agree. Do you, but do, what if this person isn't... What if it's like the guy that you know is stealing from your, your roommate? He's your roommate. You know he's stealing. Do I just forgive? Or do I forgive with a bear trap? I mean, you can say forgive with sprinkles, but... What about a cash? What about credit card? Um, I, th- I think it depends on the person who the person is yep. and your relationship to them and how much you value that relationship. So if it's a relationship that you don't value and they steal from you, you Be never done. forgive them and just you- carry it forever. <laughs> right? You well, you, you could forgive, but that doesn't mean you have to trust them Ma- again. Maybe, that's why, exactly. yeah. maybe yeah. that's why Bryce has so many rants because he never forgave this guy. Well, that's right. That's how we get the rants out of Bryce. So we there's that value. Negative that's energy. good. Don't ever forgive anyone. Bryce, because that's good radio. Just, if you just bring up the oh, issues, uh, it makes radio content. So <laughs> it's really good. Plus, you get them out of you. It's a mine. They're We're mining glad sadness that out you're, of me. Uh, that you're you're letting your character be affected for the good of the radio show. That's I, a sacrifice. I do what I can. Thank we do you. It as a team, one of the things, though, if you notice, part of the key to this, I guess, is we um, we can also forgive and 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 be done with it and let it go. I'm not gonna hold, I'm not gonna harbor feelings, but I am going to make sure that we've kind of set some boundaries next time. I don't have to keep being violated by the trust. So if I have somebody in my life that doesn't have necessarily the character that I need. In fact, most people should remember there's character and competency. And we haven't even gotten into the competency. We're going we're gonna to probably do that after this next break. But you, you have to have a partner that has a clue. So the child with sprinkles probably isn't as competent as we need. But And the character, we're trying to help this child forge some character, grow some character. There has to be some consequences. So one of the rules is if you're trying to rebuild some trust, we have to have some boundaries. So boundaries is what the therapeutic world would call it. You have to have some parameter upon which they're not allowed to cross, right? And if they do, there's a violation. And we should come up with what the, what the consequences are if we cross these or violate these. But I guess more importantly is once they do live a boundary, for example, with my couples that we coach in my program, we have them actually make rules for what they're going to do the next time they start to get hijacked by emotion and get angry with each other. They make a rule. And the rule might be something as simple. As soon as we see the emotion, we call a timeout and we sit together and we stay together in the same space until the emotion passes. Then we talk about it. Or we also eventually teach them how to engage the conflict and talk it through. Here's the coolest thing I've ever seen, though. Most couples don't need that rule when their life is perfect. They only need the rule when their life's falling apart. But if you have a couple that has fought for 10 years because they could never have the competency or the character to stop the fight, and finally because they had a rule or a boundary that whenever there's a fight they call a timeout, it changes the entire ballgame. If one person changes and lives the boundary and the other person's willing to recognize and give them credit for having just changed the boundary, that's the forgiveness right? I'll give you the chance. Here's the boundary. You live it. I'm not here to catch you. I don't want to trap you in this. I just need to know you're safe. Then all of a sudden, that couple created their own trust. That was trust that didn't exist. So in the marriage, when we're first married, most of us trust each other without even having a reason to, really. We haven't even been tested in our marriage. We haven't even lied to each other. There's never been anything to lie about because everything's so perfect and you're amazing. And oh, man, you look good. You look so good. Well, five babies later, tons of hours of stress, all of these arguments and issues, and everything starts to come up. Now, all of a sudden, your relationship starts to be tested. This is where trust has to start being earned. 
We have to start earning it. So I believe we can, we can rebuild trust, and I believe some of it's forgiveness, and some of it is also giving the benefit of the doubt, and some of it is communicating and figuring out what the boundary is going to be or not be. Um, and again, I'd also base this all most importantly on what, what do you want out of the relationship? Do you want a long-term relationship? Because this kid relationship, the one that's stealing the sprinkles, that's got to be long-term. So I can crush them now, or we can start building a plan. Like, and so, so by the way, how would you get a boy, let's say he's three, to own up to sprinklage? Hmm. Daddy. <laughs> well, Joshua Herschel's got kids. What would you do, Josh? Probably the same way I get you to own up to having the sprinkles all over your face. <laughs> what would you, uh, Just would, data. Just, hey, dude. Data. The thing for me, I mean, my kids, they're all, they all get emotionally hijacked, and they're, they've got emotions going right away. I'm dealing with this with my youngest right now. Your kids do? That we call the devil. Devil child. She's but the she's devil child. Cute. She is cute. Well, that's part of the reason she's the devil. She can get away with anything. She tempts it, yeah. But her emotion gets going so high, and as soon as her emotion's going, it doesn't matter what you say. Yeah. Because it's not going to make any sense to her. Would you believe her when she – I call that hijacked, okay? Right? So when someone's hijacked, it means kind of the little brain's running the show, and the rest of their brain's being taken over by the little brain. Uh, when that happens, do you believe what she says when she's hijacked? No, never give her the control when she's hijacked. She doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. So, by the way, do you trust that? No. But she's how old? She's three. So if she's 13 and she's still doing this, what do we do? Uh, that's when we ship her off to some program somewhere. <laughs> we'll ship her off to your house, <laughs> Skyboy. But see, honestly, that's where we might need to talk. And right. Having a little intervention Tell her what's kind of give her the boundary. This isn't acceptable. Right. And I'm just not lo- going to do this. Keep lowering the emotions, set the boundaries, and they'll understand. Mm. That's hard. Yes, it is. What about the competency side? We're going to take a break in a minute, come back, and I want to talk about how you improve their competency to be more honest, to be have more integrity. I know people that can't be honest because they've never been honest. No one in their family was honest. They didn't know how to be honest. They thought they'd get in trouble for being honest, and now they're married. How do you build back honesty as a competency? We'll come back. We're going to address the competency side of your relationships. Are you competent at building trust? Do you have the skills behind you? Do you know what you're doing? would love to hear your stories, your questions, where you're struggling to build trust in your relationships. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. International affairs can affect our daily lives far more than we realize. Gain detailed knowledge of world events by attending lectures from the Kennedy Center here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The Kennedy Center will keep you current with solutions to the most pressing worldwide concerns suggested by top scholars from BYU and abroad. Tune in weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern for Notes from the Kennedy Center. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. After tearing through the Midwest, a deadly winter storm is now headed for the Mid-Atlantic. Experts say the storm's high winds and heavy snowfall could easily knock out power in Virginia and Maryland suburbs of D.C. 
John Brennan has been approved by the Senate Intelligence Committee to be the next director of the CIA. Brennan has been serving as President Obama's counterterrorism advisor. The Pentagon's chief over the F-35 stealth plane program says despite recent setbacks, there is progress for the warplane. However, mounting costs are still keeping affordability the main focus for many lawmakers. Transportation Security Administration officials say airline passengers will be allowed to carry small folding knives onto their flights as of late April. Other items also going to be allowed include pool cues, ski poles and other large sporting equipment. Students depending on government to help get their undergraduate degrees may be scrambling to fund their educations as budget cuts begin to take hold. $86 million is being slashed from the federal work study and grant programs. The Dow has broken its previous high record, rallying early today above 4,200 points, meaning the market has finally regained all the lost ground from the 2007 collapse. In world news, Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez is dead at 58 years old. The nation's vice president confirmed Chavez passing earlier today, having lost a two-year battle with cancer. A fake bishop was able to get past increased security measures in Vatican City and nearly infiltrate talks about who the next pope will be. In the end, it was the man's poor costume that gave him away to authorities. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here. We are talking about trust today. How do you rebuild trust? Do you give trust or do people earn it? And what do you do with somebody that just doesn't seem to earn it if they just keep breaking it? We've already talked a little bit about two components, okay? Two components to building trust. you got to have the character to have trust, meaning you got to have integrity, honesty. you got to have kind of the, the, the fortitude of your own self, your own character to be able to to be a person that's trustworthy. But the one that we never bring up too much seems to be competency. You actually have to be a competent person, meaning you need to know how to build trust. You need to know the complexities of a relationship and know how to build and, and be a partner that somebody can trust. And so our very own Rob Sanders has come in and has got some ideas for us, to, a good metaphor, I think, for competency. Well, you think about all the things you trust in a day. The house you live in. Yeah. You have to trust that it was built right. So There's not a sinkhole underneath it. Yeah. you got to trust the ground. It stands. And so I got thinking about one of the worst uh, architectural disasters in you know the last few decades was the earthquake failure of a double-decker freeway in Oakland back in 1989. That. Loma yep. Prieta. Yeah. 43 people died. When uh, the top level crushed down on the bottom level? Yeah. It was, it was kind of like a triple-deck thing because I think it went over a rail yard or something. It, so pretty much anybody under the bridge or on that middle level died. And I'm sure the people who were up on top who fell 30 or 40 feet probably yeah. weren't in great shape either. Back in the 50s when the engineers built it, I was thinking today about trust because you, you, you trust that that structure is going to be Well, yeah, we trust our roads are going to work, right? Do you think the engineers were had lacked character that mm. they purposely cut corners and intended it to no. fail? 
No, and and I mean that could happen in some places, right? But uh, certainly, all yeah. the time you hear about that. Uh, some of the developing countries, Eastern Europe, uh, Latin America, sometimes even here, where things get built poorly. Yeah. But I found a clip on YouTube that's hauntingly eerie from 1957, right when this uh, double deck was just being opened to traffic. Okay. Preview California's first completed double deck viaduct. A ride on a portion of the northbound lower deck results in a definite sense of security. Because of the openness, there is no feeling of confinement. A return trip on portions of the southbound upper deck results in the same sense of safety. There is a feeling of detachment from the busy and hazardous city streets below. It sounds like some 1950s narration there. It totally did. But look at that. It's like, yeah, it's safe. What on earth could make you feel unsafe on that bridge? And nobody thought otherwise until October 1989, what, with, during you know heart of rush hour. Uh, they said the design was unable to survive the earthquake because upper portions were not tied properly to the lower portions. And uh, because back in the 50s, they didn't analyze the structure the, same way, the way they yeah. would have today. And it was built on top of clay, uh, this type of clay that was susceptible to settling. Interesting. So all these factors. And so I realized we couldn't trust that bridge right. because of incompetence. Right. Even, they didn't, even though they didn't intend to be incompetent. They, they were using the best competency yeah. they had. Well, and it's also times change, right? So – one of the things that happens in our relationships is you can have a perfect amount of trust, character, and competence for what you're going to deal with in the early stages of a relationship where life is great, it's just fun, we're always together, all we have to sort out is where we go for holidays. But as, the, as life kind of happens, your, you know, the magnitude kind of earthquakes start to come in, bigger events happen, and you have to have a stronger level of competency – Kind of, you have to be adapting. You have to be growing your relationship. Your skill sets have to change in order to da- to deal with the the tougher times. Your bridge has to withstand the earthquake. Mm-hmm. It's fine. The earthquake every may be single the day of every year up until the earthquake. Yeah, good metaphor. That was good. Where did you look at you? It's a road metaphor. That's why it came. That's out. why. It, that's why. But it that's worked. a perfect example of competency, right? Did you have another example? Okay, so here's another one. Good intentions. Yes. That you can't trust. So this woman was in, uh, I think, somewhere in Northern California. She's driving down the street, one of those wide kind of five-lane type roads, you know. And she saw this small girl walking a dog, kind of standing on the side of the road and looking like they're ready to cross this big boulevard. And so she says, okay, well, I, I, you know, I wanted to be friendly, so I went ahead and I didn't see any other cars around. I went ahead and came to a stop. I kind of waved her on, and so she started to cross. And then to her horror, tearing around the corner really fast was a truck. And it came up behind her where she, where this truck would not have seen. The girl would step out right in front of this yeah. truck going the same direction. Yeah. Thankfully, some other pedestrian off the side saw this and just started screaming at this girl, Stop, stop, stop! Effectively, don't trust don't, this opportunity right. to cross the street. And that saved the girl's life. So uh, Highway Patrol found out about that and said, yeah, that was the wrong thing to do because people are not expecting you, uh, a car, to be stopped in the middle lane. And it keeps the pedestrian where they can't see. Good intention, but the law says that's incompetent. The law says don't do that. The law says don't jaywalk. The law says don't stop in the middle of the street. 
But she had really good intentions. Right. See, again, you can be the nicest, cutest little girl in the world, but if you're not competent, you're going to get T-boned. You're going to get hit. And it's the same thing. So trust. So check this out. What do we do then if you're in a relationship? Here's some skills, okay? Here's some real-life tools to help you rebuild the trust. First key We have to address the issue, right? There is a real issue there with competency for this girl crossing a street, for example. Or there's a real issue when we just take the the, uh, bridge example. A bridge that was built in 1950 isn't probably built the way we would build it today. If you were married in 1985, you may not have the trust you need today. And don't assume that just growing together and being together for years is going to just build trust. Have you been intentionally working on the trust in your relationship? Have you been questioning and being willing and to have your character questioned a little bit? Have you been working really hard to show your partner that you are above reproach or you are above the standard for trustworthiness? So to be trustworthy, you've got to have the character, the decent honesty. You're going to be honest, almost to a fault, and we're going to be competent with each other. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. So we've got to recognize where the problem is. Does your partner have a competency problem if you're not trusting them, or is it a character issue? Is it that they lack the the integrity to do it? Honestly, most of the time what I find is we tend to marry people for their character. We tend to divorce people for their lack of competency. We, we think it's a character issue, but we, in a weird way, we kind of need to also figure out, um, you know, w- what level of character issue is it? Is it just truly dishonest? Are they out there having an affair? Are they out there uh, having obvious breaks? Or is it that we do not know how to um, really move on, how to be healthier, how to, how to make things work for us? One of the other keys is, as we've been talking about it, is do you have um, – how do we start to set up some of these boundaries? Are, when I'm trying to rebuild trust with somebody I care about, if your goal is to just catch me and to just trick me and to get me trapped, that's probably the wrong motive to build a lasting relationship upon. You can't just try to discipline and set up boundaries for your partner where you're going to catch them. Gotcha eating the sprinkles. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you eating sprinkles again? Um, I have a lot of couples that uh, I've had couples that go and make fake Facebook pages to try to trap people like their partner. Now, if that's already happening, you've got a big problem. You already don't have trust. That seems a little dicey to be. Well, I mean, think of that. But then the irony of that is you're then becoming untrustworthy just to trap me. If all of a sudden you're becoming obsessed with the trust, then here's the rule. Instead of working on your partner's trustworthiness, work on you. We talked about this on yesterday's show. If all of a sudden your partner was untrustworthy and left you, what would you do? Would you, you'd probably get a job. You'd probably have to go plan a way to take care of the family. You'd have to answer a lot of questions. You have to make sure you're independent enough to not be wholly dependent on them. Otherwise, we have two people that are becoming codependent here. So when you're trying to create boundaries and ideas here, you can't just try to trap your partner. We should be going for growth. We should be trying to ask ourselves, what would it look like if we had a healthy, trusting, loving relationship? And that's where we want to go with it. Instead of just, how can I get my partner and prove that he's not being trustworthy? The minute you're playing down on that level of the game, you're in trouble. And you're going to pay for it. Let's uh, let's go to our phones. We have a phone there, or a call there. Is it... Uh, Boz. Boz from Nebraska. Boz, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you, Boz? 
Good. It's a beautiful day out here in Nebraska. Is it? Um, nice and sunny? Nice and sunny. It's a long road. <laughs> oh, good. So what's your question, Boz? Well, I have so much question. I worked for some years for, for your sister school up in Idaho. Uh-huh. And the one thing that I noticed, I was a supervisor at a, at a food service facility there. And we had a lot of young students getting into, into marriage. And the one thing that was, you know, to me surprising was the, the, the expectations that they set for themselves or yeah. were the partners set expectations for themselves. Like they're unrealistic? Yeah, like, you know, mom and dad had four-wheelers or dirt bikes or boats or water skis or whatever kind of, and within their first year of marriage, they wanted to have the equal amount of necessities, quote-unquote. Yeah. And, and so what you do is you start from the basis with something that is so unrealistic in marriage, and then when mistakes start to happen or payments are being missed trust levels drop down too. like, well, wait, wait a minute, you can't take care of me? Right. If you can't take care of me, how can I expect you to take care of me when we have three or four children? Yeah. Or Yeah, and you then know, you're behind I, the game, aren't you? Exactly. I've, I've learned a long time ago, I've been married twice, my first wife passed away, I'm now in my second marriage. I'm a long-haul driver. The moment that I leave from my home i got to trust my wife that she will do whatever needs to be done. Because I'm out on the road. I'm right. gone for a week. I have no, you know, I can't see anything that would be necessary at home. So when I leave, my trust is fully in my, in my sweetheart. The moment I walk in, my time is for her. I, <clears throat> I dedicate my life, the time that I'm at home, to her and not to anybody else. See, but that's and that's probably what gives you both the trust for you to go on the road. I mean, it's got to be hard to be a trucker and as a wife to sit there and see your husband leave. And I'm sure there's temptations out on the road and it's loneliness out on the road. But you're saying when you're home with her, you do whatever you can to rebuild that trust so that we can have the connection that when we go, we've got each other's back. When I'm when I come home Saturday night, when I've done my trip across country. And I walk in, and I may be very tired, but if there's dishes to be done, I do those dishes. No questions asked. If my daughter needs help with her homework, no questions asked. It's my job to show that I am willing to get into their lives. Love it. I'm willing to share what it takes from my side, because when I'm gone, they take care of my business that I cannot do because I'm gone. I'm somewhere out on the road. Right. Well, I think that's beautiful, Boz. And in fact, I think it's a it's a model we all ought to follow. The way we build trust is we use our character just like you have. If you come home and you're really tired and you want to go to bed, but instead you stay up and you do what needs to be done, the dishes, um, that's immense character. And we can use that character to also at times maybe learn what we need to learn. I mean, maybe you could sit down and read a book with your wife about how to meet her needs better or how to deal with our children's issues better. I think... It's the perfect example. And, boss, I really appreciate you uh, you sharing it with us because I think you're right. I think it's something that we have a lot of unrealistic expectations about, and if we don't curb it now, we're setting up a monster for later, aren't we? Exactly. Appreciate exactly. it. You're welcome. Hey, thank you, boss, and keep driving. Drive safely through Nebraska. Hang on the phone, too, boss, because we're going to give you a copy of our book. 
feeding the awesome. seven basic needs. Good job, and uh, go home and do your dishes on Friday. This uh, this is a big deal. I the the idea that um, we should automatically have the same income that our parents had or have the same toys, it's unrealistic. The idea that we should even have the same skill set as our parents to solve a conflict is unrealistic. It's probably also unrealistic to assume that uh, we're going to have the same you know, peace and that, that everything about a relationship is about love and peace. Because sometimes it's just hard, and sometimes you have to make a decision every day that's the harder one, but it's the one maybe that says, look, I'm going to – I'm still going home, I guess, and I'm going to love my family and take care of them even though it's really hard there. The character side of trust, I think, builds this foundation upon which we can learn, we can grow, we can um, can stretch ourselves. Part of what we're seeing as uh, we talk to our people on Facebook about this topic of trust is – The idea of trust is the glue. It's the glue that makes it so that everything else can kind of happen. If I know I can trust you, then I can pretty much get away with anything. There's a great quote that says, low trust cultures pay a high tax. So if you're in a low trusting marriage, you have to pay more, meaning just to get something done. uh, And I see this every day when I deal with clients, just because we don't trust each other it takes 10 times more just conversations to get the point across where if you were in a high trust relationship you could just look at each other and say seriously just trust me on this let me let me give you another one here listen to this one of um one of our people on facebook wrote me this and uh, they they wrote it in a private message so i'm going to be very careful but basically there's been some sensitivity to this trust issue in their relationship But she says, my partner and I recently had a falling out of trust because I had confided in him that I'm having, you know, questions and doubts about my faith. In fact, I told him that I was going to take a break from church. I wasn't going to be going anymore and that there are some things out in the world that I wanted to experience. So probably things against their faith or their belief set, right? And he has said several times since then that he doesn't trust me anymore. Her question, how do we openly converse about this? And how can I earn his trust back? Thanks, she asks. She says, so check that out. She surfaces an issue. She has a concern. And the minute she surfaces, it's already done. You know, he can't trust her anymore. Um, Now, this is a huge, huge deal. Do we have the character to handle it? So it's interesting. And I see this a lot when people have, you know, religious questions or questions about their faith. I love you a lot, and I'll show you an incredible joy and love as long as you stay true to my faith. If you don't, then I'm going to start to ignore you. And I don't want to, but it's kind of what God's wanted me to do to you. And the hard part about that is um, this is where the character comes in. Does, interestingly, she had enough trust, I guess, to say it. She was saying what's really in her mind, what's really in her heart. Does he have the trust to hear it? One of the bigger things is, do we have the convert, the ability to now to sit down in a conversation and start to talk? One of the ways I guess I would surface it is I would sit down and I'd have some very simple rules um, in this conversation. There's nothing harder than a conversation where there's no trust. So I would sit down, I'd look each other in the eye, I would be try to be as calm as we possibly could, and I, I suggest that you start to share what you're feeling in really short segments, like maybe two to three sentences. And so one person would share, she could share her feelings, then his job would be to share back and, and, and share what he heard her saying. So she could say, I'm struggling with our faith and I feel like I need a break. And instead of him reacting and freaking out and defending his fears, 
He instead should probably try to understand what she's saying. So what you're saying is you're having a trial of your faith and you're thinking of kind of venturing out and um, maybe not being as you know active in, in the church. She would then say yes if he got it right. If he got it right, wrong, she'd say, no, more like this, and she can correct him. If she, if she gets it right, she says yes, and, and he gives more. And then she gives more, and then he paraphrases. Now, here's why I do that. It's called reflective listening. It's therapy 101. Most therapists do that with you when you go in there. But the benefit of it is it slows down the conversation. And the research in, in communication, and especially conflict, is the slower we go the, and the, higher, the harder it is, because if I have to paraphrase back what I'm saying to you, what it forces me to do is think through so I become less reactive. I don't have time to sit there and focus on my reaction because I have to show you that I'm getting what you're saying. Now, that's a hard skill set. But the powerful thing is if you have the character to just sit there and listen to each other without the reaction, you don't have to agree. We don't have to disagree. I wouldn't blame. I wouldn't fight. I would just try to hear her. There's a reason she's running away. And if you become punitive and mean and vengeful and unforgiving, guess what? then I will bet you're probably not going to fix this in the first place. And it's just going to make her be reactive. He's going to react to you and back and forth. And we're both justified because neither of us can do this. The greatest victory is, and this is where you might need help. If you have to have these conversations and you can't do it, get help. Uh, There's no faster way to destroy the trust than not just breaking it. But uh, maybe the worst way is when we then fight about it for three hours after the trust has been broken. Hope that helps. We're going to take a break. We'll come back, wrap up the show on Trust. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. There isn't a better way to listen to music than from a live concert. But let's be honest, no one can make it to a concert every night. So on Highway 89, we bring you music like you're actually there at the concert with front row seats. We aren't playing some doctored up recording and there are no do-overs. Instead, we bring raw music straight from our studio to you. Tune in weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern to Highway 89 on BYU Radio. Talk about good. With a family-friendly animation releasing for your home theater, I'm Rod Gustafson. Playing the building-busting brute in a video game is getting old for Wreck-It Ralph, who wants to reinvent his identity. But his confession causes an uproar when he comes clean at a bad guy support group for video game villains. I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. Can't mess with the program, Ralph. You're not going turbo, are you? Turbo? No, I'm not going turbo. Come on, guys. Is it turbo to want a friend or a medal or a piece of pie every once in a while? Is it turbo to want more out of life? Nominated as one of the pictures up for Best Animation at this year's Oscars, this PG-rated Disney movie offers a positive message about bullying and judging others along with some funny moments. However, it may inadvertently tell children that being bad isn't all that bad, and it also has some scary parts. You can get all the details on Wreck-It Ralph at ParentPreviews.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We've been talking about trust. 
Do you have it in your relationship? Now, just forget if you have it with your partner. Do they have it with you? Are you a trustworthy person? Meaning, are you impeccable in your character? And are you highly competent at being a partner? Do you know how to talk through things? Do you know how to solve solve a problem? Are there little things that get in the way? Do you know how to talk through it? If not, I highly suggest you get help. If you want, you can go to you know, our Facebook page and get ideas off of Facebook. Um, just keep listening to the show. We have spe- we have guests on every day that help us with that as well. But get the help you need. Don't give up. And uh, trust sometimes, remember, isn't just everyone else's problem. Sometimes you don't trust because you, because of how you were raised. Maybe your concepts of trust aren't really balanced and fair. Let's now go to Madison Allred. Now, Madison, you kind of have a little bit of a quiz slash game thing for us. Yes, I do. Explain. Well, what I'm going to kind of pitch to you guys is how much is too much? So I'm going to give you a situation. So the first one is going to be... So should trust be violated over mm -hmm. this? Yeah. And like how many times would you allow them to do this before it was like, "Mm, my trust is gone? Okay. Interesting. So if Sky there was, boy, I'm dying to hear your remarks on this. <laughs> and I mean, if you picture a situation, it's like your best friend where you know them super well. Yeah. So under normal circumstances, you would trust them. But then at the same time, since you are best friends, you know all about what they've done. Yeah. So this. So it's a close person. It could be your spouse, your friend, your kids. Mm-hmm. And they. Uh, create a fire in the kitchen. <laughs> like a grease fire. Yes. On purpose? Or making, Accident? Let's just say make, just Accident. making spam. Cooking but, spam. I mean, is once okay? But then yeah. what if they do it five times? Are no, you like, mm, no I'd kitchen s- for you? By the fifth spam fire, we probably ought to have a meeting. <laughs> it's interesting, but once is okay. Yeah. Oh, you know, we all light we people all make on fire. We fires every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, I mean, yeah. who hasn't done that? Exactly. Yeah. But the minute it's like the sixth fire, it's time to, <laughs> I would probably say by the second fire. Yeah. You know what messes us up, though, is sometimes these fires like aren't two weeks apart. True. So we have high trust. Then we have a fire that was her fault or my fault. And then we go another five years and then we have another fire. Mm. Isn't that interesting? So the spacing of this is also it makes us feel safer. Hmm. So what if there is a neighborhood kid in your area that has a pet service and you're going to go out of town? Yes. But then you hear that they killed one of their own pets. Ooh, I wouldn't do it. Well, whose pet is it? Is it my pet or my child's pet? Uh, yours. I wouldn't let anyone near my pet. <laughs> I don't have a pet. But I wouldn't trust that guy. Yeah. What about you, Skyler? So he, like, killed it on purpose? No, just, like, just accidentally. Ex- like Just negligence. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I w- if it's negligence, I would not allow them to. If you're to- a pet okay. sitter and you've killed pets, you probably ought to lose your license if there is such a thing. Okay. So. Good quest. Good test. Yeah. So if. Your friend loves to give dating advice. Yes. But I know that guy. <laughs> they've never been in a relationship or worse, they've no. dated one of your exes. And you know the dirt? Mhm. No. Nope. No trust at all. My rule is you don't believe the relationally challenged when they give you relationship <laughs> advice. I'd have to concur. You like that one? I do like okay. that one. Bing. All right. So, <laughs> Um, for books, if you loan out a book, what like and you get it back and it's dog-eared, yeah, you know, and you're more of a bookmark person, yes. So is that okay, or is it like if it gets back and there's like spaghetti sauce? 
just mm. all over I'd be the more book. concerned with the spaghetti sauce than the dog ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't if really care about dog the book, ears. I'm assuming it's going to get pretty messed up. Yeah. But spaghetti, okay. Sauce, I'm okay with. Noodle, if I find a noodle in my book, done. <laughs> I'm I think a lot, I think a lot of these depend on how it happened, though. If it was like a legit accident, like a food just, fight, yeah. Well, but what if, if this has happened like three times? Don't be loaning your book to that person. Yeah, just this is just learning. The trust right? is violated. Totally. So then you are talking about your favorite TV show with one of your friends, mm-hmm. and then you know they just tell you the ending all the time before you've watched it. Drives me crazy. Yeah. And then. The here's the big one. Leaving the lights on when you leave your room. Apparently, this is one of the most contentious parts of a relationship, like really? roommates. Oh man! Like husband wives, all the stuff is just lights leaving on. the lights on. Because when you think about it, they have to pay the bills, stuff like that. See, there's bigger fish to fry mm-hmm. than the lights. Like I'm just glad you came home. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't take the door off in the garage when you were backing out. I'm more concerned about the kitchen fire. Are you? The, you got some bad roommates. <laughs> Trust, folks. That's it. You know, you know, it's complicated. Each one of those are just kind of little scenarios. We can give you a thousand of those, right? And it doesn't go away. So here's your homework assignment for all you listeners out in listener land. Are you a trustworthy person? Are you the person uh, you need to be? Are you bringing character to the relationship? Don't ever expect anyone in your relationship to have more character than you do. Do not expect anyone to be more competent than you are in the relationship. If you don't know how to talk through this stuff, I suggest you get on uh, and get help. Get help online. Get to counseling. Get the help you need. You become the change you seek in your relationship, right? If you want more trust in your marriage and your relationship with your family and friends, Please be more trustworthy and start with your own character. Start with your competency. That's the show. Thanks for joining us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.